Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. On this week's episode, we hear from psychotherapist Lucy Beresford about those intrusive thoughts we get in late pregnancy and early mumhood. The important thing to remember is that a thought is actually just a thought. It's not a thing. It's not real. It doesn't mean you're going to act on it. It is just a thought. We also discuss things that we learn in pregnancy. You will change your breast milk to accommodate to their needs. So if they're about to get a cold, there will be more cold fighting antibodies in the breast milk. Baby's first words. But his first proper word was butter, which does make me question what I'm feeding him. And our pregnancy superpowers. I managed to burp and fart at the same time. <laughs> Some are more admirable than others. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually good. <laughs> Have we worked out what number of weeks you are yet? How's that maths going? 16 weeks. I'm 16 weeks and I have my 16 week midwife appointment tomorrow. And my baby is an avocado. Avocado is my favourite. I often have an avocado in my belly. Yeah. Well, this one is uh, developing fast as far as my bump is concerned. Still just keeps growing and growing. Um, but apparently this week it will be gaining facial expressions in there. Oh, um, my goodness. So I'm imagining it just screwing up its nose like, um, your chat stinks. <laughs> What are you, you talking think you're about? funny, but you're yeah. not. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Thankfully, they don't turn into teenagers straight away. They yeah. wait a few years before that happens. Yeah, they build up the resentment over the years. <laughs> exactly. So the last few weeks, and when I say last few weeks, I mean the last 16 weeks have been difficult for you. Last week, we decided that it might be lactose that's making you sick as well as the early morning sickness. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you feeling now? I feel a million times better. Mood-wise, mood I feel like the last couple of days turned a corner. God knows what happened. When? Maybe it was a long weekend. Maybe it was the Easter Bunny's gift to me. But I feel definitely much brighter in myself. Still having some digestive problems, but mainly like being super, super strict with dairy. So I now just have to go everywhere and say that I have an allergy or an intolerance. And most places are so good with it, which is brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's actually been really good. You're catching me on a great day for a change. Well, I am sure there'll be things to moan about as there always is in pregnancy, <laughs> but let's start off with the positive things. What is the best thing that happened to you this week? So this weekend just passed, I went on an Easter egg hunt with <laughs> with with my friends like two of my best friends and their kiddies and it helps that their kids are just the most gorgeous delicious children they're wonderful uh and I believe that helped with the general mood lifting because you know it's very rare that I have that level of quality time with kids that age and it was a sort of preview of oncoming attractions you know I was like oh this is the four months of suffering. This is what it's for. It's so that 
Sandy and I get to be a family and hide eggs around the house and like have them wake <laughs> up in the morning. Like, oh God, Owen and Neve, it's so adorable. Like my friend Joe had set up a trail down the stairs of Easter eggs and then set them up little presents in the room downstairs. You know that was for the kids and not you. <laughs> I know, but I was enjoying their joy so much. <laughs> and their eggs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I never got to eat them because dairy. So I was just like, hmm, how's, oh, no. how's that taste? Good, huh? Yeah, great. Tell me about it. Talk me through it. Talk me through the deliciousness. Has it melted in your mouth yet? <laughs> Have you tasted the sugary goodness? <laughs> Has the cocoa hit your bloodstream? <laughs> Are you feeling the kick? They're like, who is this lady, mum? Why is she in our house? Um, but, like, them just going down, it was like a sort of semi-Christmas morning type feeling because they were getting so surprised. They're like, oh, he's left another clue. And it just oh. it made me so joyful. And then to see them find their presence in the end and the wee one Owen he's three and he's got a thing for stationery which I mean I just love that anyway but he got a clipboard <laughs> he was like and here's where your pen goes <laughs> and look <laughs> and I've got some stamps and he was just so meticulous and so oh I just could have eaten him up and I read to him over breakfast in the morning because he got a couple of new books and he wanted me to read it again after I finished it and I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm ready now. <laughs> I'm ready to meet the baby. I'm ready to do the reading. I'm ready to do the Easter egg hunts. I would like to fast forward to that time because it was just such a great experience. We went to the woods near where they live and they did a, first they did an Easter egg hunt where all the chocolate was hidden and we had to run around and go, oh, I can see one boss through there and all this. And then they rolled the painted eggs down the hill, which I have to say was quite triggering for me because I do have a bit of an egg phobia <laughs> so suddenly there were just like hordes of children firing hard boiled eggs down a hill smashed eggs everywhere uh, yeah it was a lot but it was like smell filling <laughs> yeah it was like exposure therapy for me uh, but it was such a lovely day such a lovely experience and the weather was beautiful so yes in a nutshell in an eggshell that is the the best thing that happened to me this week. And it's really secured the reason that we're doing all this, which is to have a baby, to have a family, to have a little kid that says silly, funny things. You know, that's that's the end goal. So, Do you know what? I'm really looking forward to that age as well. I think three is probably going to be the pinnacle of parenting. I think that's when your kid's at the coolest. That's when they're the most creative in what they tell you. Um and they've not quite learned that they've got autonomy over what they want to do. So you've still got some level of control. Um, not that that's like the be all and end all, but it is helpful when you're trying to go on with day to day life just to have a child put on their shoes. But <laughs> I, I think between two and three is like a, a class age and they're still toddlers. Yeah. Um, I'm dealing with a nine month old. Tomorrow, Otis is going to be nine months. Oh, wow. And this week, my highlight, I think. I think he said his first word. <laughs> what was it? It's like going to be something advanced, like perpendicular or something. <laughs> yes. Isosceles, maybe. No. <laughs> he said boo, which is the dog's name. Oh my name. God. Yeah. In context? <laughs> was it in context? Yes. Okay. So he looked at boo and he said boo. Okay, well, that's done it for me. That's 100%. We got very excited. So now he just says boo all the time. Oh. And so now I'm not quite sure whether he did say his first <laughs> word. 
he does still keep saying it at her, but he also says it at me. He says it at his dad. He says it at his dinner. Um, and sometimes he just says it to the wall. So... Maybe he's trying to scare you. <laughs> Boo! Boo! <laughs> it's the element of surprise. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm taking that. I think he definitely did. So I will, I'll, I will take it for now. Um we'll see next week we'll, we'll probably have a clearer view but that was a bit of a highlight so I got very very excited about that definitely as you should like think about how funny he is going to be once he gets a sense of humour he's got you both his parents he lives like a reasonably different life from other toddlers he's going to be coming out with some some pretty mad interesting funny stuff I can't wait I can't wait till he's on the podcast he's just well, like <laughs> what you two wondering about now <laughs> Well, I think we've got a little while to wait for that. But here is our mum squad to tell us about their little one's first words. So my little boy said dada and mama um, quite early on, but his first proper word was butter, which does make me question what I'm feeding him. Hi, my name is Hannah um, and I live in Spain. So our wee girl is growing up with Spanish and English. I think there's maybe a bit of confusion, so she's just starting to speak now. Uh, and so, for example, last week uh, she was saying hello, hello, hello all the time. Uh, and the last few days she's just started saying hola to everyone that she meets. Um, but the one thing that is constant, um, which I don't really know if it qualifies um, as a word, but she moves at cows all the time. And she also howls at a wolf in one of her books that she loves. Um, so yeah, um, animal noises before words, it seems. So my baby's first word was Shabbat, which, if you're unfamiliar with it, is the Jewish word for Sabbath. Um, and you would say Shabbat Shalom. However, we realized that in fact he was not talking about Shabbat, but saying push the button because he was obsessed with all things electrical and engineering and would point at buttons and scream Shabbat, Shabbat, which has an added irony because in the Jewish faith over Shabbat, you don't use anything electrical. And this episode is extra special because we even get to hear from Rachel's mum, Pauline. Baby's first words, um, I think was Dada. And maybe, you know, especially say, oh, it's because the tongue is just hitting the roof of the baby's mouth. Um, but maybe I actively encouraged you to say uh, Dada because as mums, you've got a natural maternal instinct. But, but I think as a mum, you try to encourage the dad to bond with the baby. That was just my thought. Um, so when your dad would come in, you know, I'd probably be saying da da da, you know, to encourage that bonding. Right, back to our chat and Otis's development. Listen, we'll let him get a couple more words and then he can fire on. Um, he'll be as articulate as us anyway at that point. So he's already getting a bit of a sense of humour, which is amazing. He's nine months. He can't really, well, he can't speak full stop. He says, whatever, he can't speak. And yet he understands humour. He, we're just teaching him now to drink out of a, a, a cup of water. He likes a cup. He doesn't really like a bottle. Don't ask. I have no idea why. But he spat it out once and his dad and I both laughed because it was funny. 
And now he keeps spitting it out and looking at him, <laughs> looking for the laughter. And, and now it's less funny. And now it's a lot <laughs> less all funny. The spitting. And a lot more messy. But I just think that is incredible that before you even understand language, that humour bone is already there and firing off before you've learned to... Yeah, slapstick well, comedy, yeah, exactly. always Before for the you've word. learned to walk, talk, anything <laughs> like that, dress yourself, you're already trying to get that reaction off of other people. So it's such a natural part of us. Um, when he didn't make me laugh this week, so my low point this week was um, <laughs> when he decided to take a big old dump in the bath. Oh, but that is sort of yep. like a landmark thing, isn't Moment. it? Yeah. Yes. So now you've, you've had your first floating submarine. <laughs> <laughs> but what was class is I've witnessed my son do this often enough that I managed to, to whip him out the bath before the thing landed. So... He was just sitting there, quite the thing, and all of a sudden he went, <laughs> and you just see the neck disappear and the face go slightly red. And I think, oh, that's a weird face you never normally make. And oh, oh, oh. And then I lifted him up, and just at that point, oh, wow. It descended, and, and that was the end of the bath. So there wasn't like having to rinse it out and fill oh, it up. I, thought, okay, I got him out good. quick enough. We were fine. But yes, I think that is a kind of landmark Definitely. moment in parenting that, that every parent and baby has to go through. Um, but I think even he was quite surprised. <laughs> He's like, I'm not normally this- flying when this part happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a random question, but it's always quite funny, I think, because... People can tell you about pregnancy and you can hear it from friends, but there are things that you realise when you were pregnant that you had no idea about beforehand. Is there anything that's popped up or anything that you've learnt so far that you had no clue about? I mean, I've like everything. I genuinely, every day is a school day. Every five minutes is a school day where I'm Googling stuff and realising that you know that is a symptom or that's perfectly normal uh you know I'm I feel like I'm very uneducated on the subject as a whole and my mind is just continuously blown but I didn't know before pregnancy at all that my that the um dark but that if you sleep on your back it actually increases your risk of stillbirth and lots of other Mm. scary things I only read it on a poster when I was getting my blood taken. I was like, oh my God. So I've got a pregnancy pillow now. So we have, it's a, yeah. so it's arrived, but I'm not allowed to lie in it because it won't be fully inflated for 48 hours. It's like, okay, <laughs> the bloody <laughs> comfort inspector's not letting me use it. Um, so it's just inflating as we speak next door. Oh. Do you know what? I'm a little bit jealous, Rachel. You are about to start one of the most wonderful love affairs you have ever had in your life. You will not want to let this thing go out of your sight. You'll love the smell of it. You'll want to hold it all night. You won't. I mean, Sandy will hate it. We've discussed before, there are two things that once this baby comes along, you will not want to get rid of. One is your maternity genes because elastic waistbands are the future. And two is your maternity pillow because my goodness the sleep you have with this thing is like next to to godliness it is just that's why that's where the the cloud nine thing comes from <laughs> just 
Just doing your pillow. Oh my god, for nine months. It makes sense. It's all yeah. adding up. Um Well, Bunny is eyeing it up because she's like, Is this a cuddly toy for me? I look like I could <laughs> it looks like I could shred that pretty easily. <laughs> she's watching it. So she's feeling replaced already by the pregnancy pillow, but I am very excited to it goes over your shoulder. There's like a bookworm seating function. I mean I'm very I'm very overly excited about this. But yeah, that was one thing of the many that I didn't know. How are you? Uh, so I didn't know that morning sickness was actually all day sickness. <laughs> that was the biggest lie. <laughs> the other one that really shocked me was nine months, my Jaxie. It's ten months. And why do they not tell you that? Oh, th- I'm finding this out now. <laughs> 40 out weeks now. is ten months. <laughs> I mean, it's basic maths. 40, 40 weeks is ten months. So I went in, I remember my first... Uh, midwife appointment and she mentioned 40 weeks and I was like 40 why would she say I said 36 and she was like no no full gestation is 40 weeks we'd say you're full term at 36 but it it goes to 40 often and I'm thinking sometimes people are overdue like you're not overdue at 40 at 40 you're a month overdue in my head no no it's 40 weeks I'm thinking why has the world lied to women it's it's 10 months I mean I feel like you've just told me that Santa's not because that's completely new information to me so wait no okay as we know that I'm not very good at basic maths but yeah so I'm four months in now yeah you you got another six (laughs) you thought you had another five but nope could be six but here are a few other things that we learned in pregnancy and we'll start with Roshi things I learned in pregnancy which I found fascinating was that um the baby's cells pass into the mother through the placenta and actually travel to damaged tissues and repair them, which is just beautiful. Like, we're creating this human and then they help us. Although, it's like a little bit like an alien because it's like, we are their host and they want us the healthiest as possible. So they're using their own cells to make sure their host is in tip-top condition which is just mad. The other thing I learned, which was incredible, is that when you're breastfeeding, the baby's saliva, when it touches your body, like through your nipples, will actually send signals to the mother's breast milk and you will change your breast milk to accommodate to their needs. So if they're about to get a cold, there will be more cold-fighting antibodies in the breast milk. Like, how unbelievable is that? This also happens when you kiss your baby. Um, so any kind of like contact with your skin, your your skin on their skin, <clears throat> changes your breast milk. Just amazing. And the third thing I learned, which I just don't think is discussed enough, is that when you give birth and they put that baby on you, the umbilical cord is massive and blue. Like literally Google umbilical cords because that shocked me more than anything (laughs) but I was so happy to have my baby on me and then she was obviously still attached and I was like what is that like a big um almost like a fisherman's I can't even think because I'm so sleep deprived but like a the thing that like a big rope like a big fisherman's rope well my first my first child was anyway it was huge and it was blue and I was like why is it so blue and they said because it's so rich and full of oxygen 
So yeah, that just shocked me. One thing that I feel I learned in pregnancy that I didn't know before was that although no two pregnancies are ever going to look the same and being pregnant affects every woman in so many different, amazing, challenging ways. The one thing that is that common thread is just how amazing women are and in particular how amazing women's bodies are. In that period of being pregnant, the seismic shift going on with you physically, mentally, emotionally to prepare you for being a mother. And it's amazing and pretty crazy. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Storb. Um, currently in my third trimester, so <laughs> lying down. Um, there's so many things that nobody told me about pregnancy and it just makes me feel like why wouldn't you share that i mean i know why people would share it because it's embarrassing but no one told me just quite i mean maybe it's just me i don't know but i don't think so quite how much discharge you have when you're pregnant it's like insane there's so many pants i can't wear like it has to be cotton pants and like sometimes i just wear period pants because it's just constant discharge which is so so unattractive but like why wouldn't you tell people and then weird things like having a stuffy nose as you can probably hear i sound really nasal but um why 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 is that needed why is that a uh, why how does, why do i need to have a stuffy nose when i'm pregnant it just doesn't make any sense so lots of things like that um i kind of wish i'd had a heads up not for any reason other than knowing it's just like a thing to expect if that makes sense and here's rachel's mum pauline with what she learned um well it wouldn't have put me off getting pregnant but certainly all the discomfort uh, beforehand with the heartburn and just the baby getting bigger and you know struggling to um, breathe at times just you know uh, getting more as I got more and more pregnant but what I could say is that what I learned is that the minute you have the baby all that you know um, pales into insignificance because of the wonderful um, wee life you have in front of you. So the other thing, I think everybody when they're pregnant gets a superpower. So whether that be uh, you become hypervigilant on safety, whether that, but you know, lots of different superpowers. My superpower was smell. I developed this like sniffer dog smell. I was like a wolf. I could smell anything in the vicinity. I could smell a dish and tell you all the ingredients that was in it. I remember walking across a, a, a Hammersmith underpass. We're talking like the most polluted place in London. I'm pretty positive. And I could smell the double macchiato behind me with one squirt <laughs> of caramel. It was insane, my ability to you smell. You should have become a sommelier or something. You're like, <laughs> this, this wine was made with this Unfortunately, grape. Unfortunately, <laughs> every single one of those smells made me feel sick. So ah, it yes. was a superpower with... You know, what God gives you with one hand, he taketh away with the other. <laughs> well, I mean, TBC on my superpower. I'm hoping now that I've turned this 
sort of joyful corner that there'll be perhaps <laughs> some superpowers may present themselves but at the at the moment none oh don't worry it'll come and here are some of yours we're gonna start with rachel's mum this time superpower probably the nesting is definitely a reality um i had great energy for uh um, getting ready cleaning um you know polishing getting organized so all that in a way was a, a superpower because it doesn't come naturally hi ladies so my superpower whilst pregnant with both my boys was 100 percent sleep i could take a good three four hour nap sometimes twice a day and still sleep soundly from nine till about eight um, I couldn't get enough sleep. I don't know if that's normal, but yeah, it's definitely sleeping. Hi guys, did I have a pregnancy superpower? I don't think so. I mean, unless just being really tired and eating all the time is a superpower, but I don't think so. But um, one thing I did that was like quite amazing was <laughs> at Easter we had a family party and I was like alone in a room with my aunt's husband. I managed to burp and fart at the same time. <laughs> it's like, whoa, sorry about that. But also kind of impressed, just like both ends, like a wooga. I'm like super excited because in three weeks, two weeks time, uh, we get to find out if it's a little boy or a girl. I'd probably ask that question earlier. If I, if I was telepathic, I'd be like, give me a heads up. I, um, I think you could have found out earlier. You certainly could have had a test to tell you. And sometimes people find out at the 12-week scan, although it doesn't get confirmed, I suppose, until the 20-week scan. Mm. Well, I also said to them, oh, will we find out the gem? And they said, oh, yes, sometimes they don't tell us. And I was like, who is this mysterious thing? <laughs> <laughs> Do you speak fetus? Do you mean do you mean the baby? Do you mean like the sonographer gods? Um so yeah, presumably she meant the baby, but it would be very exciting to know so I can start planning. I mean the Wayne's got a whole wardrobe of boy clothes, so she'll be in those anyway if she's a girl. What do you mean? <laughs> because we've been given so much stuff. But it's boy stuff. Boys, so it's like all st- so it's all stuff covered in dinosaurs, but I'm like, whatever. Dinosaurs are gender neutral. Oh, a, a million you percent. <laughs> I think. I mean, regardless of what, if Karen and I are lucky enough to have another child, regardless of what we have, it'll get put in Otis's stuff. I absolutely yeah. love it. And the horrible thing you realise having a baby is how quickly they grow out of stuff. So all those beautiful little outfits that you're like, I'll save that for a nice occasion. By the time you get to said nice occasion, they've grown out of it. So my advice to anybody out there with a child under the age of one is see that favourite outfit, get that on every second day, put it in the wash, get it back on, get put it in the wash, get it back. You will still only get about five wears out of it before they've grown out of it. Um, and, and as much secondhand stuff as you could possibly get your hands on before the baby yeah. is here because especially the first like newborn stuff, they run it for five minutes. I mean, five minutes, and it's the cutest little... And you just buy a whole wardrobe of that teeny tiny stuff. And then five minutes later, you realise <laughs> that you're going to have to invest the exact same amount of money in 
another wardrobe that will only be on for oh. 10 minutes and then the next one 20 minutes and it gets slightly longer so you can invest a bit more but oh my goodness it's so <laughs> gutting is there anything you're starting to worry about in terms of when the baby arrives uh irrational fe- is it irrational is any fear irrational but um the one that's sort of creeping in to my head as i attempt to drop off to sleep well the golf is on in the background is that I will have a sling one of these sling things or carriers and then I'll be walking down the stairs and I'll fall and then I'll like smoosh the baby and roll down and then I'll just have a smooshed baby or that the baby will be out and people will come to the house and they'll want to hold it and then they'll drop it dropping <laughs> dropping okay dropping yeah. baby um dropping baby I think you can expect that at some point you're going to bump the baby's head off the crib or something of a similar Yeah, that's ilk. fine. I mean, more of like from a height, because I know they don't bounce. <laughs> yeah, no, babies don't bounce. That's, um, I think that is science, actually. <laughs> I, I, I don't know many stories of people dropping their baby, so I don't think you have anything to worry about there. However, not to terrify you, but something that does happen... <laughs> I don't even know whether to admit this on the podcast or not. And I know that other women have this because I have spoken to many and actually came up in our NCT classes as well. You have weird thoughts when your baby arrives. Like your mind goes mad and you'll be at the top of the stairs with your baby being very protective and you'll think, what would happen if I, if I drop the baby? Like what would happen if I drop the baby? It's awful and then you just get this horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach and you want to spew. It's like your body is it, your brain is trying to attack your body. It's it's a horrendous feeling. So you just have all of these intrusive thoughts and you have to sort of kick them out going, Whoa, that's absolutely repulsive. <laughs> and never ever you never act on them, obviously. Th- those thoughts aren't in your mind to act on them. They're almost like like your brain trying to punish itself. Just intrusive thought. That's exactly what they are. And here is psychotherapist Lucy Beresford to explain a little more. Intrusive thoughts during pregnancy and after the birth are very common. And they're very common in situations that are very new to us and highly emotional. So the first thing is to be very compassionate for yourself about the fact that you're having intrusive thoughts at this new, very unusual emotional time. The second important thing to remember is that a thought is actually just a thought. It's not a thing, it's not real. It doesn't mean you're going to act on it. It is just a thought and you can replace it with a different thought. And one that I often suggest to clients is a slightly amused thought of, ah, here I go again, I'm doing that thinking thing, Uh, I just need to focus on something else. And that brings me to the third suggestion, which is to try and stay in the present, in the present moment, in the now, as we say, as much as possible. So go back to feeling your body, feeling your breath, focusing on the breath going in through your nose and out through your mouth. Do things that can really centre you, anchor you in the here and now. And the other thing, the final thought, is to eliminate any shame around this. As I said at the beginning, intrusive thoughts are incredibly common 
particularly in the situation of expecting a baby or being a new parent. So don't be afraid to mention it to other people. There is often a fear that people have that, oh gosh, if I mention the fact that I might want to do something to my baby, that my baby will be taken away from me. That's not going to happen because everyone recognises that the thoughts are common and they're caused by a very particular situation. So sharing will eliminate the shame, will eliminate the stigma for you and will create more compassion around you for the fact that you are doing this brilliant job every day, approaching birth or having just given birth. And that is a real achievement to hold on to. We thought when he was three months we had this unicorn baby that was just amazing. And we did for two months, but he lulled us into a false sense of security. And now what we have is an insomniac uh, child who um, likes to have company um, in the form of either myself or his uh, father, which leaves us both being sleep deprived. And when you're sleep deprived, look, if you miss sleep because you've been on, on a night out and you've been dancing all night, you feel great. The next day you can survive, you're on a high... You're thinking, is he going to text me? There's all that going on. It's great, right? <laughs> when you are up all night for six weeks in a row um, because a child just doesn't want to sleep, it leads to um, a form of madness. I think that sleep deprivation just doesn't allow you to regulate your emotions in the same way as you no. used to. So your rational part of your brain has to strengthen. You have to take that to the gym and make sure that that's stronger. <laughs> than your exhaustion um because yeah there's just i think that's the hardest thing about having a young child like under a year i, I can't speak for anything older than that because i haven't experienced it yet but i think the sleep deprivation leading to an inability to regulate your emotions is the hardest bit yeah, and plus you have such early starts. Yeah, job. let's feel sorry it's for not, me. It's I'm going to get sympathy here not. on this podcast because I don't get it anywhere else. <laughs> it's not like you do, you know, an afternoon job. You have to be up super early and then you're podcasting late at night. You're slaving away, editing the podcast when you're not I working. I am just a little worker. You're around. mothering. You are a superwoman. <laughs> I mean, the smell is just but one of the many superpowers. <laughs> and and managing to function on such little sleep. So my hat is off to you. My main superpower so far has been whinging. <laughs> but my, you have been good at it. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I also live on praise. So I really appreciate that. Um, but now, much like the cold, we can tag team. I'm sure I'm going to now start being more positive. Great. We'll just fire back and forth off each other. Otis will start sleeping, I, I believe. But Happy. this week, please just look forward to have a great time. Enjoy. Lap up that maternity pillow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh my I feel goodness. like it needs a name. But, like, it's been a long time since I had, like, a crush on, like, a celebrity. Who was your childhood you know, like, crush? Who was your first crush? Oh, but somebody rubbish, like, um, remember Jessie from Neighbours? <laughs> we can call it Jessie. <laughs> but, like, I don't think he's hot anymore, and I don't have any feelings for him these days. Um, so I'm going to have to really think about, like, a good name. I feel like it needs a first and surname. Um, and that is if Bunny hasn't already torn it to shreds in the other room because she's definitely eyeing up a present for me. <laughs> also, I get to see the baby again. 
soon. Oh, so like I'm, nice. it's, it's not for another couple of weeks, but that is like powering me through. So I'll speak to the midwife tomorrow. I will give her my condensed moans of the last two months in a bullet point list. She'll tell me everything's perfectly normal and everyone's different. <laughs> and then I'll go home. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, the next countdown is on to the next landmark. But the other so. thing that you should have at the, the midwife appointment is she should let you hear the heartbeat. She should listen to it. I'm pretty sure they do that at every midwife, appo- midwife appointment. They did for me anyway. So I always find oh, that really? a really nice reassuring moment when they when they let you hear the heartbeat. Oh, I, I just don't know anything. I should probably go read Ready, Steady, Baby because they did give us that last time. I thought they were just gonna like weigh me and take my blood pressure, make me like pee in a little pot again, and then just. Oh yeah, they like, do. They they make you pee in the pot again. That's something that they okay. they're obsessed with your your pee. Now that's just okay. <laughs> that's public property now. I'm just gonna start start turning up with it at parties that we used to bring a bottle of wine. <laughs> a vial, vial of urine. Oh no, sorry, different party. <laughs> Right, until next week, enjoy tomorrow. Send me a little voice note. Uh, let me know how you're going, how it went. Um, and I will speak to you next week. Yeah, and get some sleep. I will try. I'm always trying. It's a <laughs> losing battle at the moment, but I will continue on fighting. I might actually just get the maternity pillow back out. Yes. Okay, I wish you luck. See you later. Bye. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Join us next week when we're going to be talking about cravings, mood swings and nursery places. So if you want to get involved in our podcast and become part of the mum squad, then follow me at Storm Huntley on Instagram and leave me a voice note.